14 and a half point underdogs, but Boston College comes out and shocks the world with a victory over Louisville. We're going to be joined by one of the only people I know who called this victory, Mitch Wolf, to talk all about this game and everything we learned from it. All this and more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on BC, AJ Black here, joined on Mondays as always by Mitch Wolf. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College terms and conditions apply. All right, so as we said in the opener, BC, huge underdogs in this game. Not anyone was really giving them much of a chance except for one person, and that's who's joined with me today, and that's Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? My aunt has a saying, which I guess isn't technically hers, but she uses it a lot. Uh, Blind squirrel every once in a while will find a nut, and you know, I think I people could say I found the nut here. Yeah, I mean, BC was 14.5-point underdogs. There was lots of concerns going into this game. I mean, we just watched BC get smoked by Florida State, where all three areas of their game was a complete disaster, and they go out there and they looked competent in all three areas in this game. And and many, much of that could be said that it's Louisville just being Louisville. But I mean, it it seemed like a step in the right direction, right, Mitch? It certainly wasn't a step in the wrong direction. I think there were still a lot of uh, issues. I mean, we can talk about chaotic Phil Dracovic uh, just losing his mind on some plays. Uh, We could talk about the offensive line still not being perfect. Uh, You know, they allowed 12 pressures on, <clears throat> uh, 29 or 20, 27 dropbacks. So still not great. Uh, three sacks as well. Um, defense, you know, looked good at times, didn't look good at others, but I mean, you know, they found a way to win and, you know, it was to, despite some terrible plays, some bad refereeing. Um, but I think overall there was a lot of good to, a lot of good take out of the game. Yeah. And we could also talk about the, uh, production of the, uh, ESPN, um, uh, version of the game, which didn't even show the last play of the game. Anyone watching at home didn't know that there was an actual Hail Mary pass by Louisville that was intercepted <laughs> by Cam Arnold because they cut out of the game. So um, I always thought I thought that was kind of ironic as well. Mm-hmm. But let's let's talk about this game. Let's let's start with the offense first. And yeah, you mentioned that the offensive line let up pressures, but their their rating on Pro Football Focus jumped quite a bit for that offensive line. Yeah, I'm looking at their stats now on that department and, you know, pretty good day from all considered. I mean, look, they all each gave up at least one pressure, uh, one sack each attributed to Dwayne Alec and Jack Conley. Uh, two pressures for Ozzie Trapilo, who played the whole game, which was fantastic. Uh, Drew Kendall gave up pressure and Jackson Ness gave up a pressure. So, you know, c- compared to how they were doing, that's pretty darn good. Um uh, I was impressed by Jet Jackson Ness's ability to come off the bench and, you know, look competent in relief of Finn Durstein, who it was a late scratch of this game. Um, rest of the guys look good. I, I saw Kendall had one big mistake on a play uh, where he kind of blocked the wrong guy. It seemed. Uh, and of course, you know, Jack Conley had the play where he couldn't block a blitzing 
off-ball linebacker just got around him and sacked Phil Dracovic and also stripped the ball, but got a lot of movement in the run game. And that was, again, something I predicted where they were able to open up a lot of holes for BC's running backs. We saw Alex Broom uh, have a great day. Pat Garwell had a good day. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Even when, uh, you know, it's not going to show up in the, in the regular stats because of all the sacks and kneel downs, but Dracovic uh, had some nice plays on the ground where he scrambled out of the pocket, especially on that final drive for BC where, where he had to, you know, kind of escape the pocket and ran up the sideline for a huge gain to get them into field pos- or field goal position. Yeah, and we're gonna let's get into chaotic Phil. So that play, <laughs> let's get into the play where I, I, I'm watching this game with my father-in-law, um, and he yelled a whole bunch of expletives as as we watch <laughs> Phil get spun around and throw the ball backwards, and it goes was it 30, 40 yards backwards? Yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> um. And my father-in-law goes, well, there goes his first round draft stock. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, you get quarterbacks sometimes you, you obviously you get polished quarterbacks and then you get bad quarterbacks, but you also get quarterbacks in college football that are a, a perfect blend of both. And I feel like that's why I said, this is chaotic Phil Dracovic, because on one hand you get a beautiful pass that I, I, get you know the the catch by zay, zay flowers the first one in double coverage was probably a pass unless he really really trusted zay probably should have never been thrown but he still threw it and he hit it and he hit some other good passes as well but then you get that play and then you get the forward pass play where he was what five yards beyond the line of scrimmage and threw it forward and you, you get the good and the bad with phil kind of talk to me mitch what were some of your takeaways from phil's game so uh, there's a phrase that people like to use with Josh Allen, where he, it's like where he kind of does the similar things where he, you know, mashes all the buttons on a controller, essentially, where, you know, if you're playing Madden NCAA, you can just hit all the buttons and hope something good happens. And I think that's kind of what happened with Phil on that uh, yeah. disastrous past. I mean, he's done this before. It's just kind of lucked out. Like, again, I think it was against UNC in 2020. He tried something similar, but I think it went out of bounds. Um, so again this is kind of something you have to live with where he's just gonna do those really stupid things occasionally because i mean yeah as a passer i mean phil was absolutely incredible i mean if you his his three incompletions were all drops and they were all like the only one that i would say like was not a pure drop there was one where he tried to hit jeremiah franklin on a crossing route and franklin had a decent chance of catching it, it wasn't great um but also frank was like looking around for a flag so there might have should have been a flag there because he was Frank was motioning towards his arm as if the defender had held him. So, but you know, the other ones, the first drop was where he hit Jaden Williams on that crosser after the big play to Jalen Gill and it got picked off off the bounce. And again, this is something I've talked a lot, a lot about with Phil is his, he struggles to put balls out in front of receivers. And that was kind of the case on this play, but it still hit the receiver right in the shoulder pad. Like you've got to catch that. And if Phil had put the ball, I think really in front of the receiver, it would have been incomplete or would have laid Jaden Williams right out of bounds. So, you know, I kind of, I think this one was more excusable. Yep. And the other incompletion was that short crosser to Zay that Zay just straight up dropped because he took his eyes off the ball because he was thinking about getting upfield. So, I mean, you know, 18 of 21, 85% completion, 304 yards and three touchdowns. And, you know, two, like you said, the first touchdown to Zay was, you know, maybe a little questionable, but the next one, hits him wide open and Phil was dealing the whole day, like finding guys to all levels of the field, finding Jalen Gill for a lot of big gains. He hit um, passes to 10 different receivers. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like, I, I get that he made dumb plays. Um, 
you know, the, the other fumble, again, I, I blame mostly on, on Jack Conley because he just completely failed on that rep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you kind of hope that Phil can, because I mean, I mean, the way Phil was throwing the ball deep, like we've seen him try to throw some deep balls this season and they just haven't looked as good as that. Even against Maine where he, he threw some deep balls, like yep. they just look like a completely different quarterback. So I don't know what's going on, but hopefully he can, you know, just keep whatever this was, just keep that going. And that was, and, and credit to him too, that the touchdown pass to Joseph Griffin was perfectly thrown too. He knew the height of his receiver and got it there. Um, and I thought that was a really good pass as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people like always say, Oh, just throw it up to the big guy. It's like, that's, that's not as easy as you think. Like you have to really place that well. Cause you know, in terms of it being actually two inches lower, it's going to get picked off. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was a great, great play by Griffith uh, or Griffin in the end zone to bring that in. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get that there were some idiot plays, but, I mean, on the whole, I really have to give him a lot of credit for playing really well. All right. In a moment, we're going to get into some of the other things that we noticed in this game. There was a lot to talk about. There was a lot um, to to get into. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our good friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and free. All you have to do is head over to LinkedIn, post your job, and then add the hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Make sure to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. AJ Black, Locked On BC. If you're listening to this live on YouTube right now and you have not hit that subscribe button, remedy that right now. Just hit subscribe. It's free. We're going to be posting lots of new videos and and new episodes up on our show that you're going to want to make sure that you do not miss. So do that right now. So, Mitch, anything else with the offense that you wanted to bring up? Um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, good, good showing by the offensive line. Uh, you know, they, they ran a lot of different blocking schemes and you saw the running backs get out and, uh, into space, which was great to see, uh, you know, injuries kind of suck. You know, you, you saw, um, George Takis go down with a lower leg injury, I think. So hopefully he gets healthy because he, he wasn't much of an impact in this game, but he is a good player and is helpful for this offense. Um, but yeah, running backs were really good. You know, you saw Pat Garwell and Alex Broom running really hard. Uh, Broom had that big, long touchdown where he just broke into the open field and nobody was going to catch him. Uh, I, I, and Broom was again, excellent pass protection. Like it, it is, it is insane how good he is at that for being a, uh, <clears throat> a true freshman. I mean, but I mean, the story of this game has to be Zay Flowers who just had the absolute game of his life. You know, he did have that drop, but mm-hmm. that insane catch for the first touchdown getting so wide open on the second, his he had that back. run too. Yep, I was just gonna say that the attempted backward or uh, double pass where he came across the entire field to nearly get a touchdown. Um, had some great catches and runs where he was just crossing dudes up. It was, uh, and you know, people just kept sharing his highlights on Twitter. Like this guy is the dude. Like he is, he is him, as the kids say these days. Um, yep. And yeah, I mean, this was all credit to him. And like I said, like he's. I think now he's second in both touchdowns and receiving yards. 
in BC history. So I think he's like seventh in catches and he needs about like 50 to uh, get to first. So that, that might be a bit of a challenge, but needs, I think 340 yards to get, uh, to be first in yardage, which shouldn't be a problem. And then eight touchdowns to get first that, that might be a little tough, but it's possible. All right. And the other thing, um, Mitch is that he's leading the ACC. I saw Trevor Haas uh, tweet this out earlier. Uh, he's leading the ACC in receiving uh, receptions and yards, I believe. So he's, you know, he's he's that guy as as the as, just like you said, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the, one of those games where he just he, there, Louisville had no answer, and I saw a lot of Louisville fans and writers saying, "Why are they single covering him through the whole game?" <laughs> Which I think is a fair fair value. I mean, it's for, fair, but also like even when they doubled him, they uh, he, he yeah. just went up and over them. So yep. yeah. But I mean, yeah, there was there's just really no stopping him. Like he's just he's just such a good player that there's you've really got to commit so many resources to stop him. And so the defensive side of the ball, we talked about BC having a statement game, a game where they, you know, even though that they played like slop and still won, they they answered a lot of criticisms with a big win. And the defensive side, I think, really had the guy that did the biggest answer after last week where he got shot. Jason Matry had a hell of a game mm-hmm. for BC on Saturday. Can you talk a little bit about what you saw from him? Yeah. And Jason Matry was, uh, he was letting them know too. Like every time he had a big hit or came down, he was, he was talking that stuff, uh, yep. which was really funny to see considering he's like the smallest player on the defense. Uh, but I mean, that's, he's always been a really hard hitter. Like he, he is very willing to come down and make big hits. Like you think about that hit last year where he came down and, tackle DJ Uyangalale for a no gain on like a fourth and two, which was a huge play. Uh, he broke up a pass, I think on the final uh, on Louisville's final meaningful drive uh, targeted four times, one reception for zero yards, which is awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, great day from him, especially after, like you said, rough day against Florida state. So, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say like exactly what he was doing uh, in terms of like what he was doing well in, in the scheme without the all 22, but it's just good to see him come back. And I do want to talk about Elijah Jones because he yeah. was kind of the other story of this game, kind of on the other end, because Louisville just complete, like repeatedly went after him in uh, coverage. He had 10 targets, which was twice as much as the next, or sorry, uh, he was targeted 10 times. Cam Arnold was second with six, but targeted 10 times for five catches, 82 yards. Uh, let's see, two passes broken up, but four penalties now, and actually five, but then there was the one that was offsetting. Now, I think some of those penalties were questionable. Um, and obviously sometimes he just got burned. Uh, I think they, they've been putting him in the slot a lot more to cover bigger receivers when they're aligned in the slot as well. Um, and just playing straight up man, especially like cover one man where he doesn't really have any help over the top. That's not where he's at, be- at his best. Um, but I think BC's game plan was like, listen, like we don't really fear Louisville beating us one-on-one deep. And, you know, I, I think given what I said about Malik Cunningham going into the game, I thought that was a fair game plan. Malik Cunningham just had some really great throws, uh, yep. you know, so credit to him for being able to do that. Uh, but then what I was really impressed by with Elijah Jones was his ability to, you know, in the last few last two drives that Louisville had, they kept going at him and he had some really big plays. Like he had that play where he got the offsetting penalties, but he broke with the pass. And it, so that, that was great to see. And then he had a, I think he broke up the second down pass on Louisville's final drive. So with, a, with DBs, it's tough because you have to accept that you are going to get beat on some plays and you have to keep your head in the game. And he did just that. Like he kept his cool. He, he you could tell he was frustrated by some of the penalties, which again, some of them were quite questionable. But he kept his head in the game. He kept his cool. He was like, listen, like this team is going to need me down the stretch to make a play. And he did exactly that. So 
you yep. know, again, tough day on the stat sheet, but he came, came through when it mattered at the end. And, and that goes back to a point you made last week, Mitch, like for the folks that say that these guys quit mm-hmm. or sometimes that they're like not, they're dogging it or whatever, because they're just down it, like up and down. We've seen it week after week that mm-hmm. even though there's times where guys have barf games, we mentioned Matry, we went, right, mentioned Elijah Jones, they get their head back up and they go, they continue to battle. Also, even, even just from a, like, so it, Jones played 80 snaps. There were uh, the defense at 82 total on the field. That's a lot of snaps just from a conditioning standpoint, for, even for, for anybody, even defensive backs who are in the best shape yep. of their lives. Like, yep. and 43, of those are coverage snaps. So that's 43 routes where you're covering somebody downfield and you got to stay with them, even if you're not being targeted. So, yeah, I mean, that's incredible. So yeah, again, I, I, you know, you, you're, you wanted to play better or at least be better, you know, just in coverage, but just really like seeing him as his ability to be, mentally tough and stay in the game. And one other player I want to talk about on that defensive side of the ball is a player that I feel like gets no credit at all. And that's Vinny De Palma, mm-hmm. who I feel like isn't the most explosive player. He's not the fastest guy out there, but man, does he never, he does. He is fundamentally sound. He doesn't make mistakes and he is, he's a rock solid leader for that team. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, he's like he he might get juked out in space by a Jordan Travis or a Malik Cunningham or once in a while, and you take that because, you know, on those he, this is now I think three weeks in a row where he's had a a big tackle, big hit on like a very short yardage situation. He um, sticks and, it. He just yeah, exactly. And he's not you know he's he's built, but he's not like the biggest guy. He's only five eleven, maybe two hundred thirty pounds on a good day. Yeah. Um. So he, you know, but it's really good seeing him. You know, he did get hurt towards the end of the game, so hopefully he's okay moving forward because. You know, BC is going to need him. They need him on those early rundowns and in short yardage situations. Um, the other thing I want to talk about with the defense is, you know, we went into this game and be like, all right, you need to contain Malik Cunningham as a, as a running threat. And I know he scored three touchdowns. All of them were from inside the five. Like, that's just that's just going to be tough to do. Like, you know. but I was con- uh, on the on the majority of the game. I was quite impressed with how they handled Cunningham. You know, there were not all these plays where he was just breaking contain and getting out of the open field and just scrambling for tons of yards. Like last year, I think he had like 190 yards rushing this week, this week, or sorry, uh, this game, he only had like 60 or something. And that's, that's like taking away sacks and everything else. Yeah. He had 58 yards rushing. So on nine attempts, I think, so that's like a six yard average. That's like nothing compared to what it was last year. And you could tell the defense, like the way they would rush is they would bring blitzers from the outside, but they would, stay back and not really engage with the blockers, just kind of making sure Cunningham stayed in the pocket. And again, this was part of a game plan to say, Hey, if you're going to beat us, beat us downfield, throwing the ball. And sometimes, you know, in the game, especially later, he was able to do that. Other times he wasn't like earlier in the game, he had those struggles. And then, you know, luckily for BC, you know, unfortunately for Cunningham and Louisville, Cunningham gets knocked out of the game with an injury and Doman has to come in and, you know, he just wasn't really able to do much, but yeah, I mean, again, I know that there were three rushing touchdowns and that looks bad, but I think given that they were all in the one inside the five and he just had like juke three guys and make and break a tackle, you know, I think you kind of take that honestly. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like he did not have those like absurd runs that you associate with Mitch with, uh, with Malik Cunningham. And, and I think that is a win for the defense, no matter, you know, credit to Cunningham. And I, I had sent a text to, to Mitch early in the game. I was like, man, he is not accurate at all. And then he, as the game went on, he, he started to get his feet underneath him and started to make some passes. And so credit to him on that. I I'm looking, I'm looking at his breakdown now. Like he was still, he was six of 12 on passes beyond 10 yards. So like, you know, like I said, 
going into this game, that number was like 40%. This game was 50%. And, you know, credit to him. Like the, there was some, like the, the touchdown he had where he hit the guy right in the low corner of the yep. end zone. He had another good play to the right, like to the right sideline, um, found some guys over the middle of the field for good gains. So like, yeah, like sometimes you're just going to get beat. And you have to live with that. But I, on the average, you know, completed only 50% of his passes beyond that range for um, doing some quick math here about 110 yards. So that, that was the majority of his yardage, but I, I still think that was a sound game plan, uh, you know, and in terms of the run defense, you know, you never really saw Louisville break those big runs. BC did a great job of getting into the backfield, uh, you know, blowing up a lot of those runs. I'm trying to see, let's see. I mean, the longest run was Malik Cunningham for 23 yards, which was probably a scramble. The next one was Tyon Evans for 19, who I, again, BC got lucky there. He got knocked out early in the game because he's a really good running back. But the other two running backs, uh, Jawar Jordan and Trevion Cooley, they averaged 2.3 yards per carry. So, I mean, I, I think I know that the points aren't good. And, you know, some of those were because of those weird turnovers BC had in the first half. Um, but BC got a lot of stops on fourth downs. They got a lot of key stops later in the game. Um, so, you know, I, I got to give them credit. Like they, they, they stood, they, they stuck with it and they stood up when it really, when they really needed to. All right. Before we get to our last segment, we have some great comments. I want to get to Mitch. Uh, thank you for all, all of you listening on YouTube. Joseph Griffin's blocking was more than solid against Louisville. Reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald jumping up and catching that DD. You heard it from me <laughs> first from Chris. He's got it. Well, he's got to get two things. If he wants to be Larry Fitzgerald one, he's got to get the dreads and two, he's got to get Larry Fitzgerald's butt, which is like the, one of the biggest butts in the NFL, especially for a wide receiver. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's good to see. I mean, he, I think he talked to the media this week and I think he even yep. talked about blocking and you know, that that's good to see from a young guy being like, Hey, like I got to come in and, you know, be a, a full, a well-rounded player and help in all phases of the game, not just be like, listen, like I'm the hot shot recruit. who's going to be the next, you know, big X receiver. I'm going to be that dude. And no, he's like, no, I got to come in. I got to block. I got to do my job. So yeah, I mean, and that, that's a tough, that that's a weird play for a freshman to make that touchdown. Like that's not something that you expect. Cause that's something where like you, if you the quarterback and the receiver have to have a ton of chemistry. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, great, great game from him. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they fold him into the offense even more as season goes on. Cause I like his play a bit more than some of the other receivers are giving time to. So that's funny that the chemistry piece, because they, the media asked him this week about his chemistry with Emmett Moorhead more than <laughs> Jacobic. So see what that will, but with two quick ones and we'll just kind of zip through these uh, working rich says they were desperate for this win. Some hope, but Clemson is next set. I mean, I mean, what did I say? I mean, I said like this was backs against the wall chips. Yep. You're down to your last chip. This is, this is it. And I think they played like that. And, you know, you saw that emotion kind of come out at the end of the game, you know, Wood Bay yep. rips his helmet off, gets a penalty. Uh, guys were really excited. Um, yeah. And I know some people were like, Oh, like they're celebrating too much for beating a team that isn't very good. It's like, yeah, but I mean, BC was also not very good. So getting this win against an, an ACC opponent is big. I mean, and again, I don't know how big it is long-term for the program, but in, in the scope of this season, it is a big win and it's nice to see them put some stuff together, but I mean, Clemson is Clemson. So yep. yeah. And finally, uh, Chris again says, every time I see Vince Ogobase, a Barry white song pops into my head. I definitely see why he's a good recruiter. I, I don't know what he means by that, but go with I think it. He's, I, I'm, I'm guessing he's thinking of the song from, um, mustn't think of the wrong Barry white, the song from like Ferris Bueller's day off. Uh, Oh, I, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't, I won't do the, the, the riff from it. So Vince Ogabate has some 
prime sunglasses that he wears all the okay, time too so it. anyways but we'll get back to some more comments in a second if you have some hit them in the in the comment section below thank you guys who have been asking already uh but before we do that bet online is your number one source for football betting info this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth and the articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sports out there now, if you had taken Mitch's advice and went out there and bet BC against the money line on Bet Online, you'd be you'd be having a nice Saturday. I'm telling you that right now. Hey, listen, now. I put I put my money where my mouth was, and I won that bet too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get Mitch's take on Bet Online's uh, line against Clemson, which I think is at 20 right now. Uh, I'll, on, I'll check it while you're uh, continuing to read on Friday. Uh, but it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online. Where the game starts. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. And if you're on YouTube, as I said before, hit that subscribe button right now. Do it. it takes 10 seconds. Helps the podcast a ton. And we're 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 wrapping up our conversation about this game. And I want to I want to put a picture up. I put the picture up right now of the fans. Um, they're getting crapped on all over the place for the beginning of that game. It was Parents Weekend, but I thought the fans showed up. Uh, they announced it at 36,000, um, but the student section was crazy at the end. They stor- they joined the f- team on the field. I said storm the field. They didn't really storm the field. They joined the team at the end, which is what BC has done for years. So it's nothing new. It's what they always do. Um, but Mitch, one last thing. A couple quick notes on special teams. Liam Connors actually took over as the place kicker for uh, kickoffs uh, for this game. And I thought he did a great job. I saw um, Andy Backstrom tweet about that he had, I think half of his kicks were were touchbacks, which. Mm-hmm. Yep, they um, got they got one return in. Uh, or sorry, sorry. Uh, they had two returns. One of them was a, a long one, which that was, that was concerning. Um, but yeah, four of them touchbacks. One was that fair catch, which uh, I, I'll come back to the refs, but the refs did, the refs in Scott Satterfield had no idea what was going on. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, uh, Longman and Kandati kind of split duties. Neither neither were asked to do a lot, and neither were particularly impressive. All the punts were fair caught, so nothing much to talk about there. Uh, Connor Litton, you know, after a rough start to the season, you know, great to see him get back on the on the good side of things. Two clutch field goals to yep. you know get BC back in the game and then win the game eventually. Uh, so, so that was fantastic to see. In terms of return game, uh, I think uh, Jalen Gill had one good return and other ones were pretty much middling. So, I mean, that's good to see, um, you know, so uh, good, good job in special teams after last week where they had a, you know, a big miscue. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do want to talk about the refs because, and, and I'm not good. Yeah, so I talked about how BC was one of the least penalized penalties and p- least penalized teams going to the game. And Louisville was one of the most. And, you know, at halftime, Louisville had zero penalties and BC had like six for 50 or something. Um, and again, I don't want to be the guy that complains about the refs and obviously BC won. So, but it's one of those things where it's like, I just don't think this makes sense. Like for, you know, that kind of switch to happen. And I get some, some of them were like the Elijah Jones offsides ones. Uh, there was a face mask on DeBerry, which was legitimate, but you know, they, 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 they kept penalizing Elijah Jones. And I would say maybe half of those were valid, and just the, the refs just had seemingly no clue what was going on. Like the head ref was very, just seemed confused. They had to keep resetting the clock. There was, 
there was one play where they just like stopped play for no reason for a very long time. Um, There was the, obviously the end of the game debacle, which was insane. I mean, just the way that they had to re the way that they reset the clock to give Louisville an extra second was stupid. And just the way they handled that entire final minute was really dumb. Um, You know, they, they were getting, they gave Jeff Halfley a flag for being angry at something. I think it was the Jalen Blackwell targeting, which I get why I have to throw that flag. I get, it looked worse when they did show it again, but it, that's just a really tough play for Blackwell. Like you're coming in on, on a running quarterback who, you know, is going to juke. So you're coming in full tilt and then he has a late slide. So you, you know, you end up hitting him low and hit him in the head. So that sucks for him. Um, but man, I mean, these refs were just an absolute craft show. And, and I, and I, just like you said, like I get the ruling because that's what's written. But it wasn't malicious intent. Intent. It was like Malik Cunningham. His whole thing is he he jukes and he spins and he does all this stuff. And then he could also because dive quick. And so like a lumbering linebacker who's going full tilt at them, they deserve to get ejected for that. Like yeah, I mean we there was a there was a there was a relatively similar play in the Oklahoma TCU game where Dylan Gabriel you know scrambled out of the pocket. He was kind of in the open field. And he had two guys coming at him and he slid and then, you know, there was plenty of time and the defender still like leveled him and I think gave him a concussion or knocked him out as well. And that guy got ejected for targeting. And that was, that was like definitely the malicious intent you see. Yeah. Blackwell, that's just such a bang bang play, which I'm not, this isn't really my complaint about the refs. This is more about the complaint about just the targeting rule in general. Like I I get having to flag Blackwell there. I still don't love ejecting him, but I get it because by the letter of the law, that was the thing. But I think, you know, there needs to be some adjustments to the law where you're only ejected if, there is some like in week one, I think it was um, Arden key had a hit on Jordan Travis where he just launched his head directly into Travis's yeah. head for essentially no reason. Like that is definitely objectionable. What Blackwell yep. did shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, I mean, his refs were an absolute nightmare. Um, even aside from them calling the game for Louisville for three quarters of the game, um, even like the Dirkovic forward pass lateral thing. Like I, 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 I don't even think they reviewed it. They just called it and I get it's a penalty, but that's the kind of play where you should be able to review that. So yeah, just very disappointing show from them. I, I really hope, think they need to put that head referee out to pasture. He seems to be not really with it. Uh, not really able to perform up to his duties. They got to get that guy. in. I forget what game, if you saw the video of him, the jacked he... ref, I think it was, um, it was a, <laughs> I don't think it was the use. He makes Ed Hockley's look like, yeah. um, like a nerd. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like one of the Thursday or Friday games. But yeah, that, yeah. I think his name. Yeah, that dude was awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting spot because like obviously it's good that BC won. Um, yeah, I think there's yeah, it's going to Clemson and they are twenty point underdogs. And it is at home. It is red bandana. But I mean, Clemson is actually starting to put it all together. Um, DJU looks good. DJU looks good. Fine, uh, mostly as a runner. But yeah, and I mean, Clemson's D line is as ferocious as ever. They'll get Brian Bercy back oh, next God. week and. Don't start, folks. Don't start thinking of what this defensive line is going to do to Jack Conley. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's good that this game is uh, it's good this game is happening in October because this is going to be you know a a spooky nightmare of a game for BC on the offensive line. Because I mean, Miles Murphy, KJ Henry, Justin Maskell, uh, I don't know if Xavier Thomas is still playing, but him, uh, Brian Bercy, Ruko Horohoro, those dudes. I mean, they're just they're they're otherworldly on the defensive line. Um, and in for the rest of the season, like it's again good. BC got this win. Um. I think this this still has shows is indicative of some issues with the team, like you know, um, you know, just uh, I mean, just, again, the offensive line. You know, Jeff Halfley has these games occasionally where the penalties just mount up, and I think the reason why they hadn't in the last few weeks is just because they were down by so much that mm-hmm. 
you know, the refs aren't looking for it as much. And now that the game was close, they were looking closer for stuff like that. But, you know, maybe that's something they got to clean up. Um, and, you know, I'm not really sure how many more winnable games are left on the schedule. But again, it's, it is nice to get in the win column against a real opponent. Right. And at the end of the day, and I know we got to wrap this up in a second, but it, it, it it's a, it's a small victory, but like, I mean, BC was in that like talk and BC fans were right in, in on it of, of this team being the worst in the nation. This win should definitely clear that up that they're not though. Georgia tech did beat Pitt, So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that that's something and you wanted to see them kind of dust themselves off and, and figure something out. And they did. All right, we got to wrap things up though, Mitch. Mitch, where can people find your work? You can follow me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W O L F E, on uh, Twitter. And uh, I'll be publishing my three stars of the game. It's back now that BC won in a meaningful way. Um, that'll be back uh, this week. And then we'll, I'll probably try also, finally, a happy one for me to do. A, a, I rewatch the game so you don't have to, although I imagine some fans will be rewatching. Uh, anyways, as it was a, I mean, it, it was, it, it was at least nice to even, you know, just have a game where it was close and it was exciting the whole way out as opposed to just a blowout that was over in the, at halftime. Right. And to see a team be competitive and make some plays on both sides of the ball, it's mm-hmm. just refreshing to see that. So yeah, definitely check out Mitch's work. It'll be up on Eagle Insider. I'm AJ Black. I'm the uh, publisher of Eagle Insider. Of course, you can check me out there. You can also check me out at AJ Black underscore BC. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button here. Um, if you're listening to this on the, on repeat, hit the comment section up. Let us know what you think of this game. I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. We'll be reading some of those on our show later this week. Thank you all for Mitch Wolf. This is AJ Black. Have a great night. Take care.